What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about some damn good beef. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering damn good beef. In fact, you can have the damn good beef from Hassle Cattle Company delivered straight to your door because Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassle Cattle Company is a fourth-generation farm out of Texas, and they ship straight to your door all over the United States. And they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every person can afford. Hassle Cattle Company offers Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu frank without any fillers, of course, and two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. And I love my sweet and spicy. And make sure to check them out over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off your order over at HassleCattleCompany.com. And of course, every order over $200 gets free shipping. So make sure to check them out, HassleCattleCompany.com. Use that promo code DNVR10. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, okay, at the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. Time and time again, the one thing that will protect you against economic downturn is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. And you can go build your toolbox over at MSU Denver Online. And it doesn't matter whether you're in the classroom or whether you're online. It is the same education to them. It is the same degree. So make sure to check them out whether you want to take one course or whether you want to graduate. Make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, how's it shaking on this Thursday, my friend? Oh, it's quiet. And like you and I were talking about just before we stepped to the mic here for this podcast, feels like we're hitting a little bit of maybe a calm before the storm moment. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of reasons for that, not the least of which is pro days have slowed down. Teams are are reconvening, uh, whether they're doing it virtually or at their facilities. And, uh, I think, um, Last couple of days have been fairly quiet in terms of draft news, draft buzz, etc. We may hear some things coming out to this weekend when 150 players have their medical examinations at Indianapolis, basically the closest thing to a combine in person that we're going to have. But each team only has two medical representatives that are going to be on hand for this. So I imagine the information is going to be a uh, very tight. Maybe not a lot's going to come out right away uh, that gets leaked to anyone in the media, but Teams are kind of going in their bunkers right now. They're working on uh, Zooms with draft prospects. Uh, They're having their meetings. And uh, now we kind of really dive into full speculation season because pro days are are mostly done. And uh, 
now we're just kind of waiting out uh, what happens, waiting for what transpires during the draft. So uh, it's a little bit of a holding pattern after what it's felt like really a fairly frenzied several weeks here. Yeah, I feel like there really hasn't been a true offseason. And Mace, you're right. Maybe we experience that now. Of course, until a team, maybe the Broncos, makes a trade up to number four, up to number five. And as we've seen with the San Francisco 49ers, that may not wait until draft day. That may happen in the next couple of weeks. In fact, three weeks until the first round of the NFL draft starts. It is getting exciting. There's no doubt about that. And Mace, we know that, you know, we want the Broncos to get a quarterback. We want them to make a, a, a splash. We know a lot of Broncos country wants them to make a splash. But there's a chance that George Payton does what, what he's kind of done this whole offseason for the most part. And there's a chance he just takes a step back and says, this year, I want to see what this team is like for my, for my own eyes before making any huge moves. And it would be a huge move to go from nine to four, trading many first-round picks in order to do that, or even just drafting a quarterback in the first round. That would be a huge move. And maybe he says... I want one year just to see what Drew Locke is like for, for in person with my own eyes. And so if the Broncos go that route and they don't get a quarterback on day one, and maybe they don't even get a quarterback on day two, I mean, the, the draft is not where they're getting their quarterback competition for Drew Locke. What then? Where do the Broncos go from then? Because this is a, a possibility or a scenario that I think is very possible. Well, first of all, the quarterback they add to the room, I hope, it's not Nick Foles because you if, and me uh, both. Yeah. If Nick Foles is, uh, is what's, is what's there in the stocking, it's going to be the lump of coal. I'm okay with Teddy Bridgewater. And I think on balance over the last, uh, uh, couple of years, Teddy Bridgewater has done better than drew lock. Could drew lock beat Bridgewater out? Yes. But lock would have to take some steps forward to reach where Bridgewater has been the last couple of years, which has been fairly average. And, the, and then, of course, I'd rather have Gardner Minshew over both of those guys. So that's the quarterback. That's kind of how I would have him rank Minshew, Bridgewater, Foles in that order if they're not adding a quarterback to the room in day on day one or day two of the draft, or really just on day one, quite, frank, quite frankly. Right. So now you step to the draft, and it does really come down to the quarterback position just because of this. You're giving Drew Locke a year. Drew Locke could he, – he could take the multi-level jump and become an average quarterback or maybe even a, an above-average quarterback, in which case, hey, at, at minimum, you're giving him one more year beyond that to kind of cement that he's your guy going forward. But if he is just a guy at quarterback and – you have a decent season. You finish with, say, nine wins, maybe even 10 if things bounce right. You're in the playoffs, on the fringe of the playoffs. So your, your draft position is, say, 19 to 21. And that means you're not picking high. And then that's why I would say this, to make sure you're backstopped. If you're not drafting a quarterback, you need to be trading down. You'd be trading down and ideally picking up a first round pick next year as part of your trade trades down. I had some fun with this last night, Zach, on the pro football focus draft simulator, uh, even though they're Let not. Let me guess, you fleeced them. Well, 
Oh my, <laughs> to, to fleece them is to, uh, I think is to grossly understate what I actually did to these teams. Like for example, in one mock draft I did, I was offered uh, that what happens is when you go on the clock, you see their teams interested in your pick. And so I go on the clock at nine and one of the teams interested is the Houston Texans who of course don't pick until the third round. So I'm like, okay, uh, let's see what the Texans are talking about offering. And so I, I come to the Texans with an offer of my number nine pick for three years of their draft picks. Wow. Literally. So obviously this year, every pick, every pick for three years. Oh my gosh. So that obviously doesn't include a first or second round pick this year, but includes their first and second round picks in 22, 23. So I would basically go from nine to 67 for the call and, and get seven, 14, and then uh, 21 other picks in return. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And they did it. They did it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mace, I, I, I haven't I, got to the punchline yet. Oh, well, keep going. Keep going. All right. Do you think that in this mock draft simulator, they did it for a quarterback? Oh my gosh. No way. They did it for Rashawn Slater. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, first of all, can you imagine how insane it would be if that happened? Not that it would ever happen. I mean, you're like, hey, you thought Jack Easterby was crazy before. Oh and then, my gosh. But then I, I decided, I went through this scenario. I said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep kind of making some deals here. All right. And so I actually, I get to, I, I get to round two and I'm sitting there with the 40th pick and the chargers are interested in it. And I decide, all right, let me see if I can get them to, if I can get them to pull a Bobby Bethard or Marty Herney. And uh, the reason I bring those two GMs names up, of course, Bethard's a hall of famer, Marty Herney, long time with the Panthers now back with Washington. But many years ago, he started, uh, when he when he went from being a newspaper writer to working in the front office, he did it in Washington under Bobby Bethard, also under uh, Charlie Castle. He was there for a while. And, Be- and Bethard and Herney have had this habit of trading higher picks in future years for lesser picks that year. As in, like, for example, in 09, Marty Herney and Carolina traded a 2010 first round pick for a second round pick in 09 of course the broncos famously made a similar similar deal in that draft and the pick that they served the pick that they got was alfonso smith the pick that they surrendered um was uh earl thomas let's yikes. forget about that so, yikes. so i get the chargers to give me their first round pick next year straight up for a second round pick this year, number 40. So oh my I'm, gosh, I'm, this is absurd. I'm out, I'm out of 40. I get to the third round and I get Washington where Marty Herney is uh, now working with Ron Rivera. I get Washington to give me their second round pick next year to move up 11 slots in the third round. 
And then I get Tampa Bay to give me their second round pick two years from now to move down 13 spots. This is absolutely ridiculous, but this is George <laughs> Payton's dream is just acquire as many picks as possible. Oh my gosh. And the funny thing is, Zach, after all my wheeling and dealing, and in fact, my kind of my final piece was to take, I, I had nine picks through pick 195. A cluster of them end up coming in round five, in rounds five and six. My final deal was to take my final six picks, a um, couple of them in the sixth round, the rest in the seventh round, because I'd made deals and, and gotten some extra picks. And I trade all six of those picks, 203 and lower, to Carolina for a third round pick next year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm not sure George Pate would make that deal. And I'm surprised. I only got a C minus for it, even though I thought the value on the deal for me was uh, pretty good. And so the result of this absolutely crackers mock draft, Zach, is that I now have 19 picks in the 2022 draft, including nine in the first three rounds, three each in, in one, two, and three. I have 15 picks in the 2023 draft, including seven in the first three rounds, two in the first, three in the second, two in the third. And this is an extreme example. I, I'm not saying this yes, is something that happens is. that re, that that happens in reality. But what this underscores is what I believe the Broncos' priority needs to be if they don't go quarterback early, and that is asset accumulation for next year for and beyond for a couple of reasons. Number one, if Drew Locke isn't the guy, get enough to where you could do what Buffalo did in 2018. You have enough draft picks to hopscotch from 21 to 16 to seven to get Josh Allen. And the reality is, in terms of how quarterbacks are taken, you may have to go higher than than pick number seven. So there's that possibility. If you're going into next year's draft QB market, which may not be as deep, but should probably still have at least a couple of guys at the top of the draft. Uh, my guy is Sam Howell. We'll see how guys like Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis and Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati acquit themselves. But there are potentially two other names entering the chat in terms of the trade market. One, we've talked a little bit about him. He hasn't shown interest in the Broncos whenever this has come up. But Russell Wilson in Seattle. Warren Moon, who uh, uh, is, of course, a former Seahawk quarterback himself, was their radio announcer for a long time. He did a podcast uh, with Jim Trotter and Steve Weich of NFL.com. And Warren Moon's prediction is that Russell Wilson and the Seahawks end in divorce. Not this year, but perhaps next year. And then, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers. And the ability for the Packers to get out of his contract next year with some dead money, but uh, it's some, a hit that they can reasonably take in a year where the cap is expected to go up and move on to Jordan Love. So asset accumulation, Zach, could help you get a young quarterback next year if Drew Locke isn't the guy. It could also help you just say, all right, screw it. We're going to try for Peyton Manning 2.0. We're going to trade for Wilson and we're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And then you can do that with perhaps not as much sacrificed in draft capital in terms of blowing up a couple of drafts as it would be otherwise if the only picks that you had were your own. 
Yeah, Mace, that that is so much right there. And I agree with I agree with so much too much. I'm sorry, Zach. No, 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 not at all. But I just have to circle back to one thing. When you posted all of this on Twitter yesterday, all of your mock drafts, which were hilarious, you said you're not post my mock draft type of guy. I have to tell you, you are post my mock draft type well, of guy now, Mace. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. But it's interesting that like everyone's like, okay, what do you think of my players? More this was me just kind of experimenting with something ridiculous. And Pro Football Focus's mock draft clearly has a hole in terms of how it deals with, uh, <laughs> with trades. Like I, I did one where I traded up for the number one pick for Trevor Lawrence, which – Met, which actually meant that I traded three years of drafts to get from nine to oh one. My but but oh my here's God. kind of the hole in this. If you, if you're doing the pro football focus draft simulator, if you do anything, but trade every pick for three years to go from nine to one, the Jaguars will turn it down. So I goofed around. I said, okay, what if I take away a seventh round pick? They turned it down like a single seventh round pick is the deal breaker in this, which, te- which tells you that they that something in their algorithm has been put in to say they will only take they will only take a trade down if you give all three years of picks. Period. So. <laughs> oh, wow, that is ridiculous. So, Mace, I appreciate yeah. you doing that for for two reasons. The first right. reason is so that people understand how ridiculous these uh, mock draft simulators right. are, so they don't, you know, send us these dream scenarios and say, "How realistic is this?" It, right. As Mace just detailed, it is not I'm, realistic. I'm and, kind of exposing this a little bit. I would. Yes, you you are. And the second thing, Mace is. I'm right there with you. I am at the point I never thought I was going to be here, but I'm at the point where I think the Broncos have to make a trade in the first round for this to be the best first round possible. And of course, number one priority is make a trade up to get a quarterback. If somehow a quarterback falls to you at nine, then that's also, then that's what you do. You don't trade back at that point, but I don't think a quarterback that you love is going to fall for you. If you love Justin Fields, go up and get him because I don't think he's lasting till nine. And one of the things that you said, Mace, about, you know, getting all of these extra picks in order to go get your quarterback next year. If drew isn't the guy is just another reason why I think all of us are advocating for the Broncos to go get a quarterback in the draft this year, because if you go into a season and you're planning uh, a big time planning on how to get the replacement for your quarterback, then you should probably not go into the season with that quarterback being your best option. So that, that just adds even more ammunition into going up and getting your guy at quarterback. But let's just say somehow you're not able to move up to four. Let's say the, the Detroit lions shock everyone and make an offer that's better than the Broncos to the Falcons and the Falcons only want to move back till seven. So you're not able to get to four. Uh, and let's say that, you know, someone else shocks the world and picks a quarterback before you. So you can't get a quarterback in this draft, even though you wanted one. Well then sitting at nine, what you're going to get a, a cornerback. You're going to get a wide receiver. Uh, that's not the best thing for the Broncos right now. What they need to do is trade back at really as far as they can 
to in order to get a first round pick for next year at least so that you have those tools and this is plan b because like i said plan a is to not go into a season with the quarterback that you have to uh you have to really hedge all of your bets against going into next year that's not plan a but you have to make sure that you're ready to get the guy next year so i i totally agree with you the more i think about it and the more we get closer to the draft the more i think gosh a trade is the way to go for the Broncos. But then what do you do? So let's say let's say you don't get a quarterback and it's Drew Locke. You, you mentioned three guys, Mace. You, you mentioned trading for Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minshew, and Nick Foles. You're okay with Teddy or, um, or Minshew, not okay with Foles. There's also two more directions the Broncos could go. They could sign Alex Smith after the draft if he's still available as he is right now. Or... They could go second-round quarterback. How do those two uh, factor in with the other three guys? Where would you rank those? Uh, I'd say Alex Smith I'd rank higher because you know what you're getting with him. The question is, what does he have left in the tank? Uh, Look, Washington played much better with Alex Smith at the control. So even though he was statistically unimpressive, you have to look at the fact that – its offense was much more efficient on a per possession basis when Alex Smith was in there compared to other games. And that's the effect that he had on his teammates. Maybe he's not going to have the impressive stats that he had uh, at other points in his career, but if he's going to make his teammates better, he's doing what a quarterback should do. I agree with that. I, I entirely agree with that. And Mace, the the question that I, that comes to my head when I'm trying to rank these guys is what are we doing here? What, what do we do? Are we trying to find the quarterback of the future? Are we trying to find a good backup and mentor to Ale- or to uh, to Drew Locke? Are we trying to find a guy that's going to give the Broncos the best chance to win right now? And that's something that the Broncos have to have to decide uh, because I think that they could be leaning into the win right now. And if it is the win right now, I think Alex Smith is your best best bet right now. And I, I think there's really three guys that that you could put at the top there. Alex Smith. Teddy Bridgewater and Gardner Minshew. I think those guys are all very close in terms of being able to win right now in terms of how how much of a chance they give this team to win. I would put Alex Smith first, then man, then I, oh man, it's, it's tough between the next two, but I'm going to go Gardner Minshew second and then Teddy Bridgewater third. I think all of those guys can give you an opportunity to compete with what this team has on it right now. I don't think Nick Foles gives you that by any chance, but there's also a chance that, you know, is it the best thing for the Broncos to get Alex Smith or, or one of those three guys and go nine and eight and get the 22nd pick and the quarterback plays, you know, average j- just as you need it in order to go nine and eight. But then you don't really have your quarterback because those guys beat out Drew Locke in a quarterback competition. And I think all three of those guys would beat out Drew Locke in a quarterback mm-hmm. competition because I think Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer are making the call on that during training camp. And those guys aren't going to turn the ball over as much in training camp as Drew Locke, I believe. So that's why I think that'll be the, the be, be the route. And, and then what are you doing? Then you're doing what we said, Mace, and you're making that jump from uh, 22 to try to get back in the top 10. And again, that's mm-hmm. why just you're so close right now. You're at nine right now. Go get your guy right now. But let's say they do put themselves in that situation. Then it actually worked out pretty well because then the the Gardner Minshew, the Teddy Bridgewater, the Alex Smiths of the world were, were your, your step in the right direction. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. what's wrong with it, Mace, is in my opinion, 
is if you get a step in the right direction, but that quarterback kind of caps out and your team kind of caps out at nine and eight. And mm-hmm. you saw progress from a five and 11 season to a nine and eight season. You say, we need to stick with him again. And then you're just in quarterback purgatory again and again and again. Yeah. And that's something that scares me. Yeah. Now I would think in that scenario, if you go nine, eight or 10, seven, but you don't, but you get just middling quarterback play from either a bridge or from drew lock, what happens then is you regard this year as a culture building year, as in we started getting back to a winning culture after four losing seasons, five years out of the playoffs that I think have really eaten away at the Broncos culture of success. I mean, uh, someone uh, posted something on Twitter today to me uh, that said, Hey, uh, look at the Broncos in the, 16 game schedule era they've got the third best winning percentage in that time from 1978 through 2020 and that is reflective of a successful long-term culture i often uh point out that with all respect to pat bowen hall of fame owner richly deserved that the broncos culture of success began really under John Ralston getting things turned around in the 1970s when the Fitz, Phipps brothers still owned the team. They started bringing in more talented players and the Broncos steadily started to stack winning seasons together. And then Red Miller came in as the coach and he brought in Craig Morton at quarterback. And those two built on that and took the Broncos to a consistent playoff level and then on and on. But now we're sitting here five years out of the playoffs, four years uh, without winning seasons. Uh, you've That's taken a hit. So I do feel like there's a lot of value in this year building a winning culture. But one reason why I want to trade down and find a way to get a first round pick, Zach, is because if you can get if you can get another first round pick and sit there with multiple first rounders in 2022, then we don't have to sit there and say, oh, you go nine and eight with with middling quarterback play, but it's co- it's potentially costing you a quarterback. You can say, no, we can have it both ways here. We can have the successful season. And then if we don't have the guy at quarterback, we can go back into next year's market and find that guy. We can do what Buffalo did in 2017 and 2018. I know I speak about the bills a lot, but the way that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean went about rebuilding that team. I think it's, it's one of, it might be the most intelligent recent rebuilding job that we have seen in terms of, in terms of how they kind of planned it, what they did to stop the bleeding in Buffalo. Of course they had missed the playoffs for 17 seasons by the time McDermott and Bean got there. And then they, they go nine and seven, but Tyrod Taylor clearly isn't it and they don't get sucked in, but they have accumulated the draft capital to make sure that they can move up and get their guy. They don't get sucked in and deceived. They know they've got to find the quarterback and then they bring in Josh Allen and they take a step back in 2018 as Allen, you know, figures things out and uh, shows some talent, but also is wildly inconsistent. And they go, I believe six and 10 that year, but they're doing so a year after having made the playoffs, everybody has that taste of it. And so when they turn around the next year and, and Josh Allen does blossom in his, in his second season and they go to the postseason, well, 
a lot of that was built on that year where they stopped the cultural rot of missing the playoffs for generations and got back on track. And so that's why, I mean, I look at them often, but I'm saying, I think that's the way to go about this. If you don't get the quarterback this year, if you don't want to stand Pat at nine or move up for a quarterback elsewhere in the top 10, that you say, all right, we're going to go with what we've got. We're going to accumulate assets for next year. This team with average quarterback play or even a bit below average could still win nine or 10 games with, el- with what else it has on the roster. So it's the, it's the smart way to do it, and it's already proven to be successful for one team. Why not mimic, why not mimic that? Another example, even though it was different with the quarterback, was Tampa Bay in the late 1990s. They emerged and went 10 and 6 they, in 97. They go eight and eight the next year, they miss the playoffs, but they bounce right back after a few tweaks in 99 and go 11 and five. So it's possible, Zach, that you could have an arc like that where this year is about getting the culture right, stopping this run of being out of the playoffs, stopping this run of losing seasons. And yet, if you're able to trade down, and get a first-round pick next year, maybe some other capital for next year as well, you've given yourself the ammunition to go do what you need to do at the quarterback position in 2022. This is the smartest. I think this is the smartest way to go about it if you're not going to trade up to get a Justin Fields. So, Mace, it seems like you're very uh, – and you make a great argument about why that's a good thing, and I totally agree with you. But it almost seems like maybe this is your number one option. Is it your number one? Or, I mean, how close is it to trading up for a quarterback in your eyes? Um, it's not my number one. Number one is still trade up because okay. I've I've seen enough to where I believe Justin Fields can be the guy. And if he is the one that is in your sights, I think you get Mike Shula working with him. And the key thing is you, you're not going to take a quarterback if Pat Shermer isn't on board either. So if, if Pat Shermer and Mike Shula are in lockstep and they both like Justin Fields and Pat Shermer says, yeah, I'll do some things to kind of favor Justin Fields' skill set. I know there's a lot of skepticism about that, but, you know, maybe I think higher, more highly of Pat Shermer than most because when I say he's an average offensive coordinator, that means I think there's probably, you know, half the OCs in the league that he's better than. And he, and I think he can, if he brings in a quarterback, if, it, if it's his guy he's bringing in, I think he'll make some tactical tweaks. And I, we know that Mike Shula can work with, uh, can work with some talented uh, quarterbacks that need some refinement. I believe you could be, ta- I believe you could be talking about having that nine, eight, 10 and seven season with Justin Fields at quarterback if you draft him. Yeah, not Trey Lance because he's going to need more time in the incubator, but I think you could do that with Justin Fields right away. And then, and then you say, and then you have that type of season, and then you're on. You've you've you say, okay, fine, we've got our quarterback, and you're just you're just storming on ahead into 2022 and beyond. It's the bird in the hand, two in the bush theory. That's why I'd still rather go from nine to four or five if you can end up getting Justin Fields. I'd be, I, I think that's that's option A. Option B is the one that backstops you in case Drew Locke can't take those steps to become a top shelf quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mason. And an important thing you said at the end, um, which will wrap this up, is 
Drew Locke, that the the best thing for the Broncos is for Drew to develop. Unfortunately, right. the Broncos aren't going to know that going into the draft, whether or not he's taken that step. So I still put number one, get the quarterback in the draft and go from there, have him be your guy. And then, yes, you are going to bring in competition. One of those four guys is leading the way right now in terms mm-hmm. of what the Broncos will do. They may even make a move before the draft, whether that's to not show their hand on what they're going to do with the quarterback in the draft or whether it's to really say we are sticking with Drew for this year. But then once it gets to a quarterback competition between a non-first-round quarterback and Drew Locke, without a doubt, the best thing is for Drew Locke to pan out, be the guy, win the job, uh, and then just become the Broncos franchise quarterback quarterback for the future. And then that would be great if you traded down this year, because now you have two first round picks to go get two very talented non-quarterback players and next year's draft. That That's a great scenario too. So Mace, you, you and I don't disagree that that's absolutely the best thing for the Broncos is for Drew Locke to develop. It's just that we, at least I don't think that he would win in a quarterback competition between anyone, but Nick Foles of these th- four guys that we've mentioned. So that's still, of course, is plan number one. Yeah, it's plan number one. Although I think just to go go back to something you said earlier, the reason why Minshew is atop my list of veteran hedges is because at least he's young and there's there's a way where you could see, all right, if things broke absolutely perfectly, that uh, maybe he ends up being uh, somehow the guy for the long term. Bridgewater, strictly a bridge guy. Pardon uh, the pun. I see that. <laughs> yeah. Alex Smith, bridge guy. And, and, and that's why I'm, I'm less interested in them than I am in Minshew, even though I will say with Minshew, um, we've, we've seen, I think we may not have seen his peak, but we've seen closer to it than we have, uh, uh, than uh, we've seen with Drew Locke. So I think Drew Locke has, some levels he can he can jump and get to the one thing that i really don't like though zach is you mentioned uh day two quarterback and if you look if i liked the day two options more like if there was a russell wilson or dak prescott sitting there in day two a guy that i the guys that i admit i was just i was sold on uh would have loved would have loved to have seen uh come into the Broncos, then I think I'd feel differently, but I, I, I don't have those types of feelings for, for example, Kellen Mond, uh, Davis Mills, um, Kyle Trask. Uh, the only guy who kind of intrigues me is Jamie Newman. And I think you can probably get Jamie Newman as you get into uh, round four. And so the other thing with, with those guys, let's just, kind of go through the day two quarterbacks of recent drafts. All right. Jalen hurts jury out drew lock jury out. Will Greer not happening. Mason Rudolph, not happening. Deshaun Kaiser, not happening. Davis Webb, not happening. CJ Beathard backup. Christian Hackenberg joke. Jacoby Brissett, basically career backup. Cody Kessler, career backup. Garrett Grayson, nothing. Sean Mannion, Bupkus, Derek Carr, there's a long-term starter. Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a long-term starter. Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, career backup. Brock Osweiler, out of football. Russell Wilson, great. There's your hit. Nick Foles, a guy who won a Super Bowl, kind of, you know, but uh, couldn't sustain as a starter. Andy Dalton, solid starter. Colin Kaepernick, 
probably should still be in the league, but that's a discussion for another podcast. And then you get into Ryan Malik, Jimmy Clausen, Colt McCoy, Pat White, Brian Brom, Chad Henney, career backup, Kevin O'Connell, Kevin Cobb, John Beck, Drew Stanton, Trent Edwards. And then you go into 06 and you're talking about Kellen Clemens, Traveris Jackson, Charlie Whitehurst, Brody Croyle. I just named you 36 quarterbacks uh, that were taken on day two of the last 15 NFL drafts. And out of those 36, you have one elite quarterback. You've got, you've got three that became, that became solid starters, one kind of a fringe starter in Nick Foles, and then a couple of jury still out guys in Jalen Hurts and Drew Locke, and the rest just bet career backups are out of the game. Yeah. Why are you picking a quarterback on day two? It, you shouldn't be, especially when you have one of those on your roster right now. If you right. want a day two quarterback, you roll with Drew Locke. I'm right there with you, Mace. The day two quarterback yeah. has, has always scared me, especially right now. That's a it's a great job showing that you can yeah. hit because you always will have the people that say, you know, the Russell Wilsons, the Dak Prescotts of the world. It can happen. Yes, it can happen. But odds are just not in your favor. So don't go chasing right. those odds if you don't absolutely love a guy like you said, Mace. And one yeah. thing you should do is check out our friends over at Manscaped because if you look like Trevor Lawrence haircut below the belt, well, ah. <laughs> our friends over at Manscaped can help with that right away with the Lawnmower 3.0. And you can get the Lawnmower 3.0 in the perfect package 3.0. And there are so many things that you get from Manscaped beyond just the Lawnmower 3.0. You can get the Crop Preserver, which is an anti chafing ball de deodorant. You get the Crop Reviver, which is a spray on toner and you can get so many other things including two free gifts for a limited time for people that subscribe to manscape you get the tr the shed travel bag which is a 39 dollars value added and a patented high performance anti-chafing manscape boxer briefs and guys those things are so comfortable and if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped. So check them out. They have so many things over there. And you can also get some razors for your face if you want as well. So make sure to check them out and use that code DNVR. Yeah, that's it's always good to hear about the Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> hair oh my god hey, that i i could i, that I makes could switch it to like a gardener Minshew uh stash below the belt oh whoa whoa that would be <laughs> that'd be interesting you know we were talking about day two quarterbacks and the bottom line is with the odds like the ones i mentioned of the guys that i rattled through after looking at uh, the draft finder on pro football reference those are lottery tickets basically our second round picks but if you're dealing with pain, with some chronic pain, maybe some chronic headaches, what isn't a lottery ticket is getting some help from some products with CBD. And that's where our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee come, come in. We know how much, you know how much we love you, but our longest and most loyal partner, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we need to change that. They're offering a new code to everyone. And you can save 25% off your first purchase Purchase when you use code DMVR25. Not only do we love what Strava tastes like, and we pretty much run off, off of our coffee, but it's also CBD infused and helps with so many ailments. It's different for everyone. Check out the reviews and you're going to be blown away people's stories about how Strava has helped them. 
They also can deliver straight to your door with a subscription, and a subscription will get that coffee to you every two, four, six, eight weeks, whatever you want, and you'll get 20% off every purchase from life. So head on over to StravaCraftCoffee.com and get that CBD-infused coffee. If you want the one-time savings, use that magical code code, DNVR25. If you want the lifetime of savings, subscribe, get it to your doorstep every two, four, six, eight weeks, whatever you want, and you're going to get 20% off every time. And hey, if you want to try before you buy, but you want to have just one drink, come on over to the DNVR bar if you're in the Denver area and try some of Strava's incredible cold brew, which is on tap at the DNVR bar. Or like I said, just get that one-time order and get 25% off with the magical code DNVR25. So check out Strava Craft Coffee. And remember, online purchases one time, 25% off with the code DNVR25. If you subscribe, if you've had Strava, you like what you've had, you want it to come regularly, subscribe and get 20% off every order for life at Strava Craft Coffee. Absolutely. Make sure to check out Strava Craft Coffee. Use that code DNVR25 for 25% off. And if you want some free CBD while you're waiting for your Strava Craft Coffee to arrive, well, all you have to do is become a member with us over at thednvr.com because when you become a member, you will receive a free recovery holistic stick from Holistic Wellness. And Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. And this stick packs 10 milligrams of CBD. All you do is pop the top, pour it in your drink, stir and consume. And this one is focused on recovery. And if you use the magical code DNVR30 over at holisticwellness.com, you'll get 30% off your first purchase. So check them out at holisticwellness.com, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And that's only one of the perks that you get for becoming a DNVR member. What else you get? Well, you get to support us. We do this podcast for free and becoming a member really, really supports us. That's first and foremost. You also get so many benefits for yourself. You get to read all of our content, not just Broncos, but Avs, Nuggets, Rockies, Buffs, Rams, everything that we do, you get. And if you get an annual membership, which is the best deal by far, you will also get a free DNVR shirt of your choice. And not only are they comfy, but there are some awesome designs on them as well. And there's so many other things like when you're in the DNVR bar, not only can you get a cup of Strava Craft cold brew, but you can also get a big beer for the price of the small beer. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you went on to thednvr.com and became a member with us. And when you do, make sure to say hello in the comment section of this pod is that is another benefit of becoming a member. And Mace, before we hop into the comment section, just want to remind everyone to not leave a comment on today's pod just because we're doing the three ring circus tomorrow with a very special guest. And boy, do we have a fun game lined up, but leave it on tomorrow's pod and all of those comments and questions will be read on Monday's pod. And so how do you leave a comment? Well, go to thednvr.com com become a member then at the top of the screen there's a podcast section click on that click on broncos podcast then click on the top podcast that cop that pops up that'll be the most recent one scroll to the bottom and if you're a member a comment section will magically appear leave your comment there and we'll get to them on the pod just like we're gonna do now first one coming in from windy city bronco i am so looking forward to the hot pocket buffet at the dnvr bar oh you know what <laughs> We've got a quality kitchen. We've got cooks. We can do better than that, can't we? <laughs> well, how about this? Maybe maybe it's not a, you know, hot pocket brand. What if we get our quality cooks 
to uh, to make some hot pockets of their own. You know, we, we can have an Italian one, which some people may say is a calzone. Uh, we can have an American one. We can have a, you know, a Spanish one. Maybe get a Middle Eastern one going on. Maybe maybe we can do that. Oh, or you know what? Why don't we just have the original hot pockets? Why don't we have a just to make Cornish pasties? Oh, uh, 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 who what? It's an English thing. Oh, yeah. Cornish or specifically pasty? or specifically Cornish, because uh, uh, Cornwall doesn't necessarily like to regard themselves as being part of England. There you, is a Cornish independence and independence movement. It is like you are speaking a different language right now. I, I don't understand any of your words. <laughs> well, there's actually a Cornish language, too. Oh, well, and, there uh, we go. Maybe you're speaking Cornish to me. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and and. And as Lisa Simpson once said, free Cornwall now, free Cornwall now. But, but I digress. Have we gotten a bit corny on this segment? Oh, God. oh <laughs> man, alive. Tidbits, bits of tid. There has been an evolution of the mantra, all roads lead to dot, 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 dot. Let's write an interesting equation. All roads lead to Deshaun Watson, plus all roads lead to cost control quarterback equals all roads lead to cost control Deshaun Watson. <laughs> If Peyton feels feels that Justin Fields has a decent chance of becoming a Deshaun Watson caliber QB, then let's rewrite the equation utilizing the newest evolution of this mantra mentioned yesterday on the pod. All roads lead to Deshaun Watson plus all roads lead to cost control quarterback equals all roads lead to Justin Fields. Dear Peyton, the words of an overpriced tennis shoe, just do it. And you know something, Zach, <laughs> the Deshaun Watson, in terms of on-field play and all the other stuff, the Deshaun Watson-Justin Fields comparison is one that has indeed come up as a possibility, as something that uh, is a potential outcome. And I would say this, if you believe that Justin Fields could be in the class of Deshaun Watson, what are you waiting for, right? Like Tidbits says, just do it. Oh, absolutely. As a uh, overpriced tennis, you would say, just do it. And don't even don't even think about it. And I actually like that comparison because we talked about how Justin Fields isn't a run first quarterback. Like some people may want to say he is a stay in the pocket guy that can also run. Deshaun Watson, you don't throw for what 4,800 yards, whatever he did last year, and be a uh, running first quarterback. You, you absolutely don't. So I, I can see that comparison as well. So I really like that uh, tidbit bits of tid. Holy cow, that is a uh, uh, that's a mouthful right there. But I really mm -hmm. like I really like your equation you came up with. Yeah, that's pretty good. Mark IT Snatch says, hey, guys, to the Superdome. The New Orleans Saints do not have a great history against the Broncos. In fact, some of the craziest moments in Broncos history have been in the Big Easy. Will Parks returning a blocked punt to win the game. Al Wilson getting a pick six. The legend of Kendall Hinton. My personal all-time favorite highlight was Champ Bailey's insane interception in 2004. Ridiculous things happen when the Broncos play the Saints. Maybe it's a hoodoo curse working in our favor. But... What was the best game for the Broncos and for the Bucks? Okay, let's uh, you know talk about the Broncos because, like he mentions, it's gone really well for the Broncos. Pardon me, against the New Orleans Saints. So that 4 gaming champ, Champ Bailey had the pick, and uh, Al Wilson had the touchdown. Uh, that that was a fun game, of course. An exciting game was 08 Broncos Saints 34-32. Uh, 
Drew Brees with the Saints. Of course, Jay Cutler had a pretty good game for the Broncos uh, that day. But in terms of excitement, I do think you have to look at uh, the blocked extra point and return uh, for two points to win the game in 2016 down in the Superdome. Uh, Broncos, of course, won that one 25-23. Just a shocking fun turn of events uh, for, for the Broncos in that, in that game. And uh, that that's one that'll always, uh, that'll always stand out a couple of the, the losses also for the Broncos are notable because of course the most memorable game for the wrong reasons is probably going to be the Kendall Hinton game without a doubt. Yeah. And that's one that, you kind of knew, you know, going to the stadium and, and getting ready to turn it on, you knew that something was going to was going to happen and uh, maybe it'd be the miracle to end all miracles, but it probably was going to be just uh, a loud thud. And, and it was. And when we think of all the games that got impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, that's the one that I think we're going to look and say that had that was most profoundly impacted basically leaving the Broncos without a quarterback. So it's a game that very much is going to be kind of a timepiece, a snapshot of a year, unlike any other, the other games that the saints won that are significant in 1994, the final nail in the coffin for Wade Phillips at home, Christmas Eve Broncos lose at home. 30 to 28, Wade Phillips is fired not long after that, leading to Mike Shanahan taking over. Six years earlier, the Broncos go down to the Superdome and get blasted by the Saints, 42-0. And that game, even though it wasn't the end of the season, it was, for all intents and purposes, the end of the tenure of their longest tenured defensive coordinator and that of course was the great Joe Collier his defense got exposed that day was struggling all year but that was kind of, that was a moment that led to some needed changes on the Broncos defense of course they fire Joe Collier they move on from other defensive coaches who comes in the guy I mentioned just a moment ago Wade Phillips and then the Broncos defense plays great in 89 they draft Steve Atwater in the first round and it's back to being an orange crush type of defense again pretty quickly but it had to hit bottom and it and it hit bottom that afternoon in New Orleans that 42 nothing loss so for a series that is played infrequently Zach there have been some pretty important pretty memorable games uh, between the Broncos and Saints over the years. Broncos, of course, lead the series 9-3. to three. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, just another thing with the Will Parks uh, touchdown when Justin Simmons got the block, well, there was a lot of controversy on whether Will stepped out or not, right? Yeah. Remember, so, he wore a white shoe. Yeah, exactly. So, you so I mean, that tell. just adds to the excitement right there, and the yeah. drama. <laughs> of course. And the other thing is that results in a rule change in terms oh. of being able to jump out in, in terms of being able to jump over the middle of the line, what the Broncos did that day, you can't do anymore. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And that's a shame, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that seems kind of a childish way to go about things, Zach. You don't like the outcome. So let's change the rules. Yeah. I mean, that applies to a lot of things, not just uh, sports, but I digress real quickly on Bucks saints. Now, the Bucs, of course, beat the Saints in the divisional round this past year, Drew Brees' last game. But the Bucks saints game, from the Bucs' perspective, to end all Bucks saints games, was the first game those teams ever played, December 11th, 1977. 
Bucks 33, Saints 14. The Bucks snapping that horrific franchise opening 26 game losing streak by routing the Saints. And uh, they, they flew home, and there were thousands of fans waiting for them when they landed. And uh, the Bucks and Tampa were never quite the same after that. Oh man! If if you if you have a chance, watch if it comes on NFL Network. Watch the timeline, uh, the episode of that series that focuses on the Owen twenty six bucks, and they kind and Rich McKay, who was the son, who was the son of the late John McKay, the Bucks' first head coach, went on to be the Bucks GM, has been the Falcons team president for I believe the last uh, uh, 17, 18 years or so. Uh, he kind of says, says it perfectly that what happened at that moment, he said kind of a, a, a switch flicked in that all these smaller cities, smaller communities that dot Tampa Bay. And that's the thing. The Tampa Bay area is a series of, 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 of decent, a couple of decent sized cities in St. Petersburg and Tampa, but then all these kind of smaller cities that are anywhere from about 20,000 to a hundred thousand people, places like Sarasota, Bradenton, Clearwater, Tarpon Springs, Newport, Ritchie, Lakeland, you can just go down the list of all these places. And they all kind of had their own identities to them until you had something that really brought it together as being like one region, the Tampa Bay area. And frankly, it was the Bucks that brought that area together and was the first was the first thing where everyone started feeling that, OK, we're a we as a Tampa Bay, not our little we're Tarpon Springs, we're Dunedin, we're St. Petersburg, et cetera. And that and it was really an important moment for the history of uh, a place I, I, I dearly love and uh, and, and call home. So. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that that's something, Mason. I always love yeah. listening to uh, to the Broncos and the Bucks take on what you have <laughs> as no one knows them better. We're running out of, of teams, though. I, I've actually really enjoyed this from Mark IT Snacks. This is one of my favorite uh, series of, of comments that we have. And, uh, you know, it because it's fun to sit back and reflect. And uh, it just kind of tells me how old I am and how much I've seen. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I've been immersed in this for a long time. <laughs> Well, speaking of that, Bronc Oilers, maybe a, a shout out to the t- the Houston Oilers. Chimes Houston in. Oilers, <laughs> Houston Oilers, Houston Oilers, number one, one, one. Beautifully Sorry. done. No, beautifully done. He says the quarterback position is the most important position in sports. Nobody knows this better than the Broncos, but somehow we have been incredibly passive and risk averse in finding a franchise quarterback post Manning. For all the criticism that Elway gets, I don't think he really gave it as much as he could. Brock Osweiler in second, lame. Paxton Lynch, 26, not good enough. Case Keenum in free agency, underwhelming. Joe Flacco in free agency, it was actually a trade. Asinine. Drew Locke in the second, good developmental prospect. But how about how much faith can you have in a quarterback you were willing to pass on three times? If Justin Fields is Peyton's guy and he's available for, he needs to pick up that phone and do what he needs to do to make that trade with Atlanta. You have a young team in a position to win now and the opportunity to draft a rookie who I believe is capable of coming in and making an impact as a rookie. The league has changed and rookie quarterbacks are no longer write-offs. RG3, Dak, Russell Wilson, Big Ben, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck, Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Andy Dalton, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, Cam Newton. 
all had success as rookies. Justin Field, with the talent we have on offense and a defense that will have us in every game, can easily find himself on that list. We've drafted so well in recent years. I think we can afford to overpay a little. Don't leave it to chance. Identify the guy and go get him. Well said, Bronco Oiler. I'm right there with you. I can tell that you're right there with him, Zach, because of the vigor with which you read those names. It was a fun uh, one. It just flew off my tongue. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking at those names. Uh, and uh, to go back to a point we made earlier, I see a day three pick. I see a couple of day two picks, and uh, the rest are all first rounders. Um, but yeah, I'll go. I'll go as far as to say this. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to push my chips to the table, as uh, Jim Fossil once said when he was a head coach of the Giants. If Justin Fields is a Bronco quarterback this year, this team is going to the playoffs. I love it. And so, Mace, why would you pass up on that to get an Alex Smith or a Teddy Bridgewater to take you to, to a similar record, if not a worse record? Don't pass up on it. Do what you need to do to get to four. Yeah, you pass up because you, you look at some other examples and you look at the Jets moving up for Sam Darnold. That didn't work out. But then, hey, three years later, you're just trying again with another quarterback. Uh, you look at uh, the Bears moving up one slot to get Mitchell Trubisky at number two and having him be the first quarterback off the board. Um, I, I, the one thing I will say is that uh, looking at this list here, um, you know, Wentz showed some promise as a rookie, but the, the Eagles were not a playoff team as a rookie. Kind of ditto uh, for Joe Burrow as well. All these guys proved that they were capable, though, of being uh, the answer. But uh, like, and you know, Burrow got hurt as well. So it's, it's no guarantee that you're going to have kind of a, a quick turnaround, but you can find a quarterback who can play reasonably well for you as a rookie. You may have to kind of adapt some things a little bit, but um, it is possible. I mean, look, I mean, you take a look at Drew Locke's arc to, the, to this point in his career. Um, what was uh, what was the most efficient stretch of his career? Uh, it's you can argue for one of two moments, either the last few games of the 2020 season or when he came in right away in 2019 and kind of galvanized the Broncos a little bit. A, a rookie quarterback doesn't mean you have to be saying, oh, we got to sit back and be patient. Not not necessarily not anymore. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mace. Next one coming in from the Big T. He says, for the guy wanting in on the DNVR PS4 Madden League, message me on Discord at the Big Tabowski pound sign or hashtag. What do we call that, Mace? Hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag nine four five three. So again, it's all one word. It's the Big Tabowski, T E B O W S K I. Hashtag nine, four, five, three. Yeah, very good. Thanks for that. Uh, heads up, big T bumpy Buffalo guys. We need to win against the DMVR team in the red zone. Can we call in a ringer in the count? Oh, oh wow. Ooh, Interesting. Interesting. Where, where are you count? You're being called out. Let's have you, man. I know you take care of me and Ryan and man, that'd be an epic showdown between you and Mace. Oh boy. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It's a lot of pressure. I mean, being the last line of defense <laughs> for the company. I don't know, man. There is the narrative that if you love a guy, trade up and get him. Now, what happens if they have no intention of getting a QB, but fields drops to nine? Do you take him as BPA at QB or stick to your plan? If you don't love him, is he worth taking? 
One other thing a buddy was trying to convince me is that trading for Watson now while value is an all-time low is worth the gamble. You can presumably get him for a first, maybe a second or, or second first, or a couple and a couple of seconds. If he has cleared, you scored, and if not, then you restructure and deal with the suspension. Any criminal convictions void the entirety of the deal and try to make a fresh start in a new city where any misconduct at all, if, he, if there's any misconduct at all, he is cut for growing all of his contract. I am skeptical, but is it worth the gamble and what's the price you'd be willing to put on so it's worth the risk? Cheers. Um, the problem is if you make a deal like that, as long as this stuff is out there, um, are you prepared for people protesting? Are you prepared for uh, people to bring Me Too signs to games once the once fans are let back in the stands? Because uh, you would have a hell of a backlash if you traded for Deshaun Watson right now. Um, yes, and that's why I think basically, yeah, you could get a value, but I think what you'd have to deal with beyond kind of football I think you have to, it's a hard pass right now. That's why I think you have to take the Sean Watson possibility and just stick that in a freezer for a while. You, you have to, Mace. You absolutely have. Even if you can get him on a discount right now, uh, you, you can't do that. Um, and because, Mace, I don't think we're even close to this being finished with Deshaun. It's not like we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel saying, oh, you know what? It looks like this is all going to resolve itself and Deshaun's going to be fine. Let's make this move a little premature. No, you, you are you are so far away and for way beyond just football reasons. I mean, it's, it's not football mm -hmm. reasons at all, but you can't do this trade. It has to be put completely on ice. You can't have any conversations right now and, until this is, this is solved. You, you can't bring someone who has all these allegations into your organization right now when there's just still so many question marks right and i know we were pro to sean watson before but we have more information now obviously and i think it's fair to say that uh, we have learned things about deshaun watson in the last several weeks that uh, uh until they are resolved with, with these allegations are resolved it's simply a deal breaker you simply can't you simply can't bring him in like i said do you really want protesters uh, outside Dove Valley every day. Yeah, no. Because I bet I would, I would be willing to to bet you that is what you'd have. People yep. literally, pro, literally protesting the Broncos if they bring in Deshaun Watson. I totally agree. Now, before we move on, I want to ask you to think about the last time you need to see a doctor. How long did it take to get answers? Did you wait weeks for the earliest appointment? Did you wait hours in a doctor's office? Boy, I can tell you about times that I have sat there with a 2 p.m. appointment, and then at 3 p.m., I'm still sitting in there waiting. I've been through every old magazine they have, you know, mm -hmm. just wasting my life. What if you didn't have to wait? What if you could see a doctor the same day at a time that you choose? And what if your visits start on time and you left with a prescription in hand? What if going to the doctor was easy? Good news, it is. Schedule now at zoomcare.com. That's Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com and get your appointment today. Now, ZoomCare is opening a new clinic in Lodo on April 16th, but also, of course, this whole thing is about getting healthcare right there in the comfort of your home, getting it quickly. You know, maybe something's been nagging at you a little bit. Maybe you've got... Uh, you know, a, a cough that's been lingering. Maybe uh, you've been dealing with a, a pain in your side that you can't quite explain, but you don't know where to start. Well, a good place to start is at zoomcare.com, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. And you know what? 
you might have to go to a doctor in person after that, but at least you can start the process of getting better. And maybe you'll find out it's, it's nothing from your consultation over the internet. As we've often said, one of the best things about a pandemic is finding out that we can do a lot of stuff from home. You know, we can do things on our couch, in our pajamas if we want to. I'm wearing pajama bottoms today while I do this podcast. So check out zoomcare.com, Z-O-O-M-C-A-R-E.com. And if something's nagging you, get started on the road to health and do it without even leaving your home. And sometimes, Mace, you have to trade those pajama pants out for sweatpants to go yeah. for to the dentist because you can't get your teeth cleaned over Zoom. But I have the best thing for you. It is the best family-owned dentistry out there. It is Green Mountain Dental. There are dentists. They are your dentist as well because we've had so many listeners go over to Green Mountain Dental and tell us that it was a great experience and that they really did treat them like family. Uh, in fact, our director of sales, Lindsay and Allie, both had their wisdom teeth removed. And while that's a tough procedure, Green Mountain Dental was there with them the entire step of the way. In fact, they called them both to follow up with them personally just a couple of days later to see how they were doing. And if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll do what a good family member does. They'll give you a gift. They'll give you a free Sonicare <laughs> toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, just like your mom wants you to take care of your teeth. Green Mountain Dental wants you to take care of your teeth by visiting them and then giving you the best toothbrush out there. So make sure to check them out. Green Mountain Dental, schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and get a free Sonicare toothbrush. Also, make sure you check out our friends over at Gabby Insurance. When it comes to car insurance, don't we deserve better? I know I do. I bet you do as well. And lots of members and staff at DMVR put their insurance policies to the test and turned to Gabby. And when they did, Gabby saved them hundreds of dollars. Eric Weedham, you may know, know him as D-Line Co., the genius behind a lot of our t-shirts and design, saved over $1,300 on his yearly insurance rates. Now, just think, he can go on vacation. He can you know, put the money in the bank, do whatever he wants uh, with the money he's saved on insurance. So let me tell you about Gabby.com, which made that possible. Gabby, it's spelled G-A-B-I. It literally stands for get a better insurance. And getting a better insurance with Gabby means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage. Gabby.com is the one true comparison platform with real rates. They'll give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, Nationwide, and Travelers. They'll do it all in one place. Here's how it works. You use your current insurance information to get started. In just minutes, you're going to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. It's free to use. So go to Gabby.com slash DNVR. Don't forget the DNVR because they want to know that you that we sent you there. So Gabby.com slash DNVR. It's free to check out. There's no obligation. You won't get robocalls or spam in the wake of finding out this. And guess what? Gabby customers on average save $961 per year. Now, you might find out through Gabby.com that you're already getting the best insurance rate. And if so, that's great. You can sleep well at night knowing you are paying the best possible rate for the insurance coverage that you have. But you also might find out that there is a better deal out there that will save you money, maybe over $1,300 like Eric Whedon found out. And the only way to do that is to go to gabby.com slash DNVR and find out what the best insurance rates for your policy are. So make sure you check out gabby.com slash DNVR. That is G-A-B-I dot com 
slash DNVR. Remember, Gabby, G-A-B-I stands for Get a Better Insurance. Love it, Mace. Let's jump back into the comment section. Next one coming in from our guy, Love Thunder Down Under. I usually post with about 90% sarcasm, but today I won't. Zach, my dude, you are killing it. You were great on Broncos country tonight. It was a weird feeling to be proud of a dude you listened to on a podcast, but I was. Mind you, you do say nicer things about me after my comments than my wife does about me after just about anything I do, and I do mean anything. So perhaps my attachment is warranted. But anyway, great representation of the community and of yourself. I look forward to watching your meteoric rise. Well, thank you so much, man. I mean, you make me laugh while, while reading that, but that I can't tell you how much that truly means because you know my you know, my mom tunes in my girlfriend tunes into that and you know they're proud of me but to hear from you man that uh that an outsider that means a, a ton so thank you so much he says speaking of meteoric rises you should have seen what rose when i heard your mates ryan and ben talk about the research done into outcomes of trading up in the draft i'd stopped listening and have saved the pod for the next time i need to go to go get going before a night out with the missus oh my gosh i did have another thought for y'all what about if the red zone turned into a fan versus fan competition that way in between between questions, you could see the big T try to articulate his wild takes while the count waxes poetic about crawling back into some damp pit when the Broncos take a tackle at nine and pass on a quarterback. I got to tell you, we got to incorporate this somehow because you're absolutely right. Love Thunder Down Under. This would be just just so entertaining and something that we all need. Oh, I love it. Fantastic comment as always. Yeah, the only thing is if, if we had fan versus fan competition in the red zone, we probably have to change the prizes a little bit. <laughs> yes, exactly, because someone would be winning. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if we want to be giving away lifetime subscriptions every week, even though we appreciate y'all. <laughs> that's a... Uh, you know, that, that's a spicy meatball if we're giving that away every week. And we're, we're talking about, well, never mind. <laughs> you're, right. you're, you're exactly right. All right. Our friend, the Count, chimes in who asks very simply, remember Tory James? Love the Count. Uh, Broncos draft pick, Tory James? Uh, yeah, Tory James, um, second round pick, I believe, back yep. in 1996. Um couple of Super Bowl rings, even though he didn't play at all in 97 because of an injury. Um, but really, you look back and say, second round pick, he was only an occasional starter. I think he only started six games for the Broncos. Uh, had a nice season in terms of interceptions. He had five picks in 99. But really, not the, not the greatest pick for the Broncos, even though he had a very solid career. He ends up playing 11 seasons, played with the Raiders, Played with, went to a Super Bowl with the Raiders, uh, played with the Bengals for a few years as well. Solid career, just uh, didn't blossom in Denver as expected. It, it took him a while. His best years were with Cincinnati. Right. In fact, as I just clicked on over to look at his, uh, his, his stat page, eight interceptions with the Bengals back in the ninth or in the 2004 season. Pardon me for being, for being off Ooh. by a, by a decade, including, including one pick of that eight that year coming against the Broncos. Of course, uh, the Broncos and Bengals played on Monday night football in 2004. It was a big deal. The Bengals had not been on Monday night football in, I want to say like at home in, I want to say something like 
14 years. And uh, literally, they were selling T-shirts commemorating their first appearance on Monday Night Football in so long. It was a big deal. And the Bengals won that one 20 to 10. And I just looked it up. Torrey James, fourth quarter interception. Broncos were down by 10. Jake Plummer was trying to bring the Broncos back. He looks for Rod Smith. James intercepts it at the 39-yard line, returns it to the 20. The Bengals kick a field goal four plays later. That's the final scoring of the game. Yeah, that I remember that. That was a frustrating night for the Broncos. They, they came into that game. They were, you know, as uh, Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash would say, hotter than a pepper sprout. And uh, <laughs> they'd won four in a row. They were rolling, and the Bengals gave them a pretty quick smackdown that night in Cincinnati. Man, something we need is uh, getting the count and Mace in a room together. I mean, the, the count just said three words and Mace just went off and, you know, waxing yeah. poetic. Very impressive. I mean, what happens if uh, if if the count could respond? This is this is a uh, this is something we need to happen. Well, I, I know the count probably remembers watching that game oh, somehow. Absolutely. And even though it was a bad night for the Broncos, um, I, what I'll always remember is how enthusiastic the Cincinnati crowd was. I mean. The first Monday night football game in a generation at home. And uh, that crowd was amped. That place was loud. Mm. Um, you know, the, the Broncos going to since have been to Cincinnati in prime time a couple of times in the last couple of decades in Cincinnati. And those games it didn't work out very well. There was that game. And then of course, a decade later, the Broncos go back right before Christmas and, uh, You've, and you've got turnovers galore in the rain. The Bengals win. The Broncos, it, it kind of was a canary in the coal mine game for what happened to the Broncos in the playoffs a few weeks later against the Colts. Count, such a random comment, yeah. but I absolutely love it. Thank you. I, I love the random comments. That's oh, fun. me too. Me too. Yeah. Next one from the Big D. Hey, fellas, right. On to Michael McCorkle Jones. This fella has intrigued me more than I thought. Ooh, I'm liking where this is going. He's the sort of quarterback I normally hate. The weak-armed guy. They have a place in the league, though. Just look at Phillip Rivers. I paid particular attention to his deep ball throwing, and it was competent. But these are highlights. It wasn't as awful as everyone has said, though. I agree with that, the big T. I need to watch more tape on him, really. But he's playing on a stellar team with wide receivers so open it's hard to judge. I'm worried about him not having enough zip to make those tight NFL window throws without the mobility to extend plays and open up slow developing routes. I can see someone taking a punt on him in the late first, but he's a day two QB for me, really. Unless someone really thinks he's got the brain to process the game like the game manager elites that you can't tell from the Alabama film is almost every game is a cakewalk with little pressure on him. Broncos should leave him alone as well as should all other teams in the first. I'd be stunned if the Niners take anyone other than fields tomorrow. We'll be evaluating Zach Wilson. That one's for me. He says peace out and love to all the big T. Well, you know what? I thought, I thought it was, I thought you were going to be harder on Max. So I, ca- I come out of that a little happy, but uh, a team will take him in the first. Yeah, a, a team will take him. And uh, look, I, I can see the uh, the hesitation on on thinking that Mac Jones is a first round pick. Look, I, I I look at kind of the big picture and say, no, I don't, I don't see the uh, the dynamic arm talent there. And of course, the other thing with uh, Mac Jones is, even though he maybe isn't the horrible athlete that someone some would would say. 
He isn't going to beat you with his legs. That's not something he has shown the desire or capability to do on the field, on the film. And if you don't do that, that means you're kind of a one-dimensional quarterback, which I think is going to hurt what he does early on in his career. So those are kind of the questions I have, quite frankly, about young McCorkle Jones. Uh, McCorkle, well, what it comes down to is a question that uh, the Big T described. You know, well, how good is his brain at processing? Is it uh, like the elites of the game managers? He says, I believe it is. And so mm-hmm. that's why I think he will be able to have success. If you don't believe it's elite, well, you're not crazy for thinking that. And then you are right for having questions. So I totally understand where you're coming from, Mace. But that's just, I think, yeah. where we see things differently. And that's okay. So, And that's mm-hmm. why if the 49ers see that as being elite, that's why he would be picked at three. And one thing, the Shanahan's, Kyle and Mike, and even though Mike does not have a formal position, Mike is in the loop when it comes to making the decisions there. Kyle is uh, consulting with Mike quite a bit. And uh, one thing that they do is uh, they, they have a type on quarterbacks and it seems like their type is a, a guy that maybe doesn't have every tool, but has enough of them to where they say, okay, we can make him into something more than he is. And that would be Mac Jones. Maybe they can bring out the mobility in him at the next level. Oh, I like and bring this. out what's missing. And the other thing is he doesn't have the arm talent, but he's a pretty accurate quarterback. And uh, to make a 49ers comparison, another guy who really didn't have the dynamic arm talent, but was very accurate back in the day, some guy named Montana. Ah, that, that I think he was good, right? He did all right for himself. <laughs> he did okay. He did okay. all right next one coming in from some people call me the space cowboy what is the history of rookie quarterbacks making the playoffs this is a question designed just for you mace yeah and uh while when i saw this come in i quickly went to pro football reference and said okay give me the rookie starters in the postseason and um well let's just say that uh in in terms of postseason play team wise it's a, it's, it's not all that great. I mean, the most recent, uh, most recent rookie quarterback in the postseason uh, to to lead his team there was uh, Lamar Jackson. Really? Yeah. Yes. So what was that? Three years ago? That was in 2018. Yep. And the Ravens were one and done, losing to the Chargers. Dak Prescott, 2016. Now, I'm throwing out a guy like Connor Cook because he started for the Raiders in the playoffs, but he didn't lead them there. That was a Derek Carr team, and Cook had to come in because of injuries. So you go back through the years and say, you got in the last, uh, since 2010, you have Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, RG3, Andrew Luck, and the Red Rifle himself, Andy Dalton. So, not often, but it's happened. Now, uh, take you take these situations. Russell Wilson, you know, he's just a guy who proved to be elite. We learned that. Dak Prescott went into a favorable situation. The Great Wall of Dallas in front of him, a lot of talent around him. Lamar Jackson, a team that had struggled a little bit in the previous years, but the, the Ravens were on the cusp of the playoffs in 2017 and lost at the end. He wasn't going to a place that was bereft of talent. RG3 in Washington, that is the tip of the cap to Mike and Kyle Shanahan, who didn't necessarily want RG3. Uh, that was more of a Dan Snyder pick, but they designed an offense 
that worked for RG3. And then, of course, he had that injury in the playoffs. Sadly, and was never the same after that. Andrew Luck, Indianapolis, 2012. A lot of it on him. And because, of course, the Colts without Peyton Manning the year before were 2-14. and 14. So tip the cap to him. That's why he was a generational prospect. And that's why I think maybe you look at, the, at Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville. Maybe there are some echoes with Andrew Luck back in 2012. And then Andy Dalton. The interesting thing with the Bengals, they were a yo-yo team back in those days. They, they were a bad team in 08, went to the playoffs in 09 as a division champion, missed the playoffs in 2010, and then Dalton got them back in the playoffs in 2011. But clearly the fact that they've been a playoff team in, in 09 shows there was talent around him. So kind of the point of all this, and if you go back a little further, you're talking about Mark Sanchez, Joe Flacco, Matt Ryan, who took their teams to the playoffs as rookies in the 08 and 09 seasons. All these guys went to teams that had a decent level of talent around them. And in particular, you talk about Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, both going to Baltimore, Baltimore known for having a very good defense, right? Mark Sanchez, 09, goes to the Jets. Rex Ryan guided a great defense that year in 09. And so in the Seahawks, 2012, Russell Wilson, as, as good as he was, you also had the Legion of Boom starting to come together. Point being, you see elements of the equations for rookie quarterbacks that got to the playoffs in year one. These elements actually exist on the Broncos roster right now. Some of them do. Yep. Yep. The a rookie quarterback is in a great spot to come into yeah. the Broncos right now. Yeah. It's that and that's why I actually feel pretty confident in saying if the Broncos decide that Justin Fields is their guy and pick him, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah. I I I totally agree, Mace. I love it. I love it. Next one coming in from Race City Bronco. Hey guys, I love Mace's trade back mock drafts. Were shared on Twitter yesterday in the draft capital. You're able to accumulate. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not Mace. Let's not get Mace going on these. I'm just kidding, Mace. He says, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people are hyper focused on this year's class, but I think people are overlooking the value that will be there in 2022. Besides the extra scouting film and combine that will be available to judge the talent coming out of that class, there's going to be some guys who haven't played in a couple of years due to COVID options outs and entire teams not playing in 2020. I have a feeling a lot of guys who are freshmen and sophomores in 2019 and didn't play last year are going to make some huge jumps this fall and really surprise people. What are your guys' thoughts on the potential of that group? Too early to tell. I mean, we've talked about the quarterback position in particular, some of uh, some of those guys, but uh we really, we really don't know. I mean, it's a lot of what-ifs at this point, especially at the quarterback position. Now, I think when, one thing we will see in 2022 is we'll see a better overall draft class, maybe not a better quarterback class, but a better overall draft class in part because you do have some guys that opted to, uh, to come back for another year in 2021. Where you're going to see the benefit of that, I don't think is at the top of the draft. I think the benefit's going to be as you get into day three. That's day two or late in day two, early in day three. I think the draft next year is going to be stronger the more you the, the more you go down. And I and the funny thing is, Ray City Bronco, you mentioned my mock drafts. I did one, I did one mock draft and I referred to it as the I'm punting the COVID-19 year mock draft. We started with a we started with a with a with a trade up. And then resulted in a trade down. And I was sitting there at the end. of I only had two picks in 2021 after I was done. But I came out of it with literally 10 picks 
on day one or day two in 2022 and another six picks on day one or day two in 2023. Maybe that's the kind. And so that's an extreme example, but there could be some merit in that. And that's why it's another, that's why it's another reason to trade down. If you can, if you're not going to go get a quarterback this year, let's because if drew lock works out, then great. You've got all this capital on what should be a deeper draft. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a great point, Mason, and a great point made by uh, Ray City Bronco mm-hmm. as well. And final one coming in from Jay Harrison, sixteen. What's up, boys? So I heard you guys talking about the Elway Lynch connection a couple of days ago, and I started speculating. So Elway and Peyton may know what San Francisco wants at three, but can we really be too sure who the Jets are taking? Lawrence is pretty much a lock at one, and if the Jets just traded Darnold, couldn't you assume that the Jets would want a quarterback with the most experience? and not a potential bust. I feel like besides Lawrence, Fields is the most experienced and most polished quarterback in the game. I disagree with you. I'd say Mac Jones, but I see where you're coming from. Not trying to take away anything from Lance, but he did play in the FCS. Zach Wilson was good, but who did they play? Coastal Carolina? He and Mac Jones stock only shot... or he and Mac Jones only shot you because there's so many quarterback needy teams. I feel like if Peyton knew he could get his guy, he would have done it by now while the Falcons are listening to trade offers. If in the back of the mind, he knew San Francisco was selecting and all we know who Jacksonville is taking, that probably means he thinks Justin Fields is going three, not to mention George Payton said that his motto is to draft and develop players. The exact opposite of that would be trading away your draft stock for someone who you don't even know if you'll get. I honestly wouldn't mind rolling with Drew Locke again this year. You guys know what he did with the same offensive coordinator at Mizzou. Maybe with the excellent coaching and Mike Shula, we could see him pop this year. Plus, on top of that, we could also get better. We could also better get better somewhere else on the roster, whether it's tackle corner or linebacker. My prediction is that we roll with Drew and there's a slight quarterback competition because Denver will bring in either Alex Smith or Gardner Minshew. Heck, we might even take a quarterback round three for that competition. Thanks, boys. Sorry it was long. Much love. A quarterback in round three, Mace, oh. is not competition. That is just handing Drew the job. Um, yeah. And uh, Just say no to the day two quarterback. I mean, you do make a really good point about, uh, you know, how trading up and giving away a lot of your picks would kind of go against what George Payton has done. So that is something that you certainly can't ignore when you, when you think about all of this. But the other thing with George Payton is that uh, he comes from a team where they were uh, forced to kind of scramble a quarterback from time to time and uh, weren't able to get that stability. That's why the Vikings, they've been a very good challenger to Green Bay for the last decade plus, but they have they have not been able to, to supplant Green Bay for more than the occasional year or so because they have not had the answer at quarterback the way the Packers had with Zach's guy, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> My yes, guy. I, I went I went there. LDJ, so I'm all aboard the Justin Fields train. I think even though I love and want to give Drew another shot, more like I like Drew and want to give him another shot. If there's a new culture in Denver, if we've addressed all our talent, if players are ready to win, I believe they are. We cannot keep losing because of QB play. Fans or players are fans and players are over it. With that said, if George Payton's gray is an A this thus far, what do you give him if we come out of this draft without Fields or Lance because he wouldn't trade up? On a scale of one to ten, how would you rank number? how would you rank your belief in drew turning around because may we not forget we were super disappointed we didn't address the tackle issue at all last year and boom bowls stepped up in a major way so could the broncos know something we don't if they don't trade up mm, 
uh, Mace, my, my biggest issue with that is why would you publicly question mm-hmm. your quarterback position if you didn't have questions about him? Um, and so that is something that I don't think they would do. Uh, I really don't think that they would question and in they, they wouldn't do that if they didn't have any questions. So I don't think it's all mm-hmm. a smokescreen. Yeah. Instead of uh Gabby, it's G A B Q because <laughs> right. they've been kicking the tires and comparison shopping on Matthew Stafford on Teddy Bridgewater on Sam Darnold just because it didn't go anywhere. They were investigating these possibilities. So, and now they are investigating the possibilities of all these quarterbacks that are going to be at the top of the draft. That's why George Payton went to the pro days for Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mike Shula went with him. If you're that happy with your quarterback, why are you doing all this? It's a great point. And, uh, and you're just straight up not. So if they luck, if Drew comes out and balls, well, they did semi luck into that because they did try to find an upgrade and replace him this year with the Matthew Stafford at, at least that. So you're right there, Mace. And last one, I skipped a couple earlier. Last one coming in from Casper fellas. If the Broncos take one of the tackles at nine, do you see them moving on from Juwan James, regardless of the cap hit and Mace, of course, if the Broncos moved on from Juwan James, now they would have a bigger cap hit with the dead money than they would just keeping him on the team. Yeah. They're basically taking, uh, taking the punch right now. If they waited until June 1st, or simply said, okay, it's a post-June 1 designation, then what's happening with Juwan James is then uh, you'd be spreading out the hit over a couple, over two years of cap. If you give him the pre-June 1 designation, that's why you're saying, all right, it's, it's, you're taking it right now. Now, the most palatable option, of course, Zach, is a trade. And if they, tr- if they manage to somehow trade Jawan James, even if they did it before June 1, they would get $4 million of, of, of cap savings and they would have three, $9 million of dead money because, they're, it, because the key thing is the prorated portion of the signing bonus. There's $9 million left of that. The rest of it is either salary or in the case of 2023, there's also a $2 million roster bonus. So a trade is the most palatable outcome. And I think you would take literally a seventh round pick, which is basically just a lottery ticket for Juwan James. You think any game or any team is going to trade for Juwan James? Um, well, uh, Let's let's take a look around. Um, I mean, I don't think so with that contract. With that contract, perhaps not. But if if you're a Cincinnati, let's say you're saying we're gonna re we're gonna reformulate the offensive line here, and maybe you maybe Cincinnati goes uh, goes wide receiver or even tight end in Kyle Pitts, and they don't go for a tackle, then the Bengals with twenty three point three seven nine million dollars of cap space, the Bengals could make that sort of trade for Jawan James. Man, they could, or especially if they know that the Broncos got a tackle at nine and they may just wait till he's released. I mean, I it would be yeah. so impressive if uh, George Payton was yeah. able to trade him. Ideally, if you did that, you'd, you'd get the trade. And then, and because the trade 
gives you a gives you more palatable numbers to work with because of course uh, the thing about it is the salary for this year is guaranteed, and, but that's a base salary. Ten to ten million dollars is guaranteed on the base salary, but because that's not the prorated portion of the bonus, the team that trades for Jawan James, if they do, would inherit that. Whereas if you cut him. That's why you've got the big dead money figure because then that ten that ten million dollars is a check that the Broncos are writing him, in addition to the nine million dollars that's left over on the prorated bonus. Yeah, if I mean they still do need depth at tackle, yeah. even if they draft one at nine, there's just no good situation yeah. here. I do think the Broncos yeah. would end up moving on from him. Yep. Tr- yeah, trading Jawan James saves you ten million dollars of cash. Yeah, and that's just why I don't think a team's going to do it is because what they had to take on. But it, it, that's again why if they if they're able to get a tackle at nine and trade Juwan James, then wow, mm-hmm. good good job, George Payton. Yeah, I mean it's it's fair to say that Juwan James is going to go down as John Elway's worst free agent signing. Yep. Exactly. I totally agree with you. And let's end on a high note, Mace, talking about MSU Denver Online, our presenting sponsor. They are the new Urban Online University, where learning outcomes are equivalent to face-to-face courses when you're online. And that's unheard of at other at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the versatile services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. And whether you're taking classes online or on campus, it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person, which means you can get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us. I really, really appreciate it. We're going to be live at 10 a.m. tomorrow with the Three Ring Circus. Really hope you join us and enjoy Pleasure Horse taking us out right now. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great day. How long's it been since you roll out the truck and took a country drive?
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.